Hey everybody, welcome back into the Fantasy Minute, back with your host Addison. Uh, today, i got another Dynasty episode for you guys, uh, going back a couple episodes um, before when I did my underrated Dynasty players, uh, so today we're going to be doing some overrated Dynasty players. Um, not too much news going on in the NFL, so I won't really touch on any of those. Um, so we'll just jump right into the topic today. Um, so like I said, overrated Dynasty players. Um, so I got a fantasy roster of six starters. Uh, we'll assume a 12-team PPR league. So I got one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end for you guys. Um, all ADP data that I reference and use is from the DFF uh, June overall ADP, um, it's going to be up posted pretty soon here. Um, I just got early access to it, perks of being part of the DFF Army. Um, so be on the lookout for that ADP dropping out here soon. Um, May ADP is up. Uh, there's not many changes left, um, or and many changes from May to June, um, but that will be up soon. So be look on be on the lookout for that in uh, on Dynasty Football Factory. Um, before I get into the quarterback, though, um, I'm just going to say one one quick word of warning. Um, uh, when I say that these guys are overvalued, I'm not saying that these guys are bad, that they're not going to be good uh, fantasy players or anything like that. All I'm saying is that they're just being overvalued at their current price, given the production that they um, have put out already, and also compared to their fantasy... My opinion of their fantasy outlook for the next few years um, down the line. Now I know this is Dynasty. I know I have a different take on how to play Dynasty, but still in that three to five year period, um, if that outlook isn't um, matching something of what their ADP is, I am labeling them as an overvalue. Um, so that's just a warning. Don't um, you know, kill me on these ones if you don't agree with them being overrated just because you believe that because this is a dynasty um, that these guys, uh, their price is is right. Um, so with that being said, uh, first on the board, the quarterback. Um, the quarterback that I have as overrated is Jameis Winston. Uh, he's currently being uh, picked 34th overall, which is actually the third quarterback off the board behind Andrew Luck, one pick behind Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, now, he is a third-year quarterback, but he has never been a QB1 in his career for the past two years in 2015 and 2016. Um, last year, he was uh, QB16. Uh, the year before that, he was QB13. Um, Stat-wise, last year, 345 completions on 568 attempts. Uh, 40, 90 yards, 4,090 yards, and 28 touchdowns. Also added 168 yards and one touchdown on the ground, um, which was a slight regression from his six touchdowns that he put up in his rookie year in 2015. Um, but all in all, as the third quarterback off the board in 34th overall, uh, which is in the third round, um, that's that's a little too rich for me. Uh, he's going ahead of players like Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. I can make a case for taking players like Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, um, not so much Dak Prescott, but those other players um, in the, the four to seven or eight range all ahead of Jameis Winston. And let me let me tell you why before um, before you guys kill me and everything like that. Um, 
Well, hold on. first of all, I guess um, I'll go to the argument for why he is a, the QB3 overall in Dynasty right now. Um, he is 23 years old. Um, so don't get me wrong. I, I see the upside. I see the potential for Jameis Winston. 23-year-old quarterback. Um, and they added a boatload of weapons over the offseason through free agency and through the, through the draft um, that makes Winston a very uh, attractive quarterback to own in Dynasty. Um, so breaking down his weapons, wide receiver one, he's got Mike Evans. Uh, we already know what he is. He is uh, arguably the top wide receiver in Dynasty. At the very least, he's top four. Um, we know what he is, um, and he's been on the Buccaneers for the past two years with Winston. Um, so he is not really changing anything for Winston um, from the past two years. Um, Adam Humphreys, we had him last year. We know what he is. He's their slot guy. He's their chain mover, um, the the guy who can uh, be an extension of the run game. Um, he was on the team last year, too. We know what he is. No changes for Jameis Winston. Cameron Brake. Um, had him past two years as well, really came onto the scene last year, uh, was a huge red zone threat for Jameis Winston, had eight touchdowns last year, I believe. Um, so unless that number goes up, there's really no changes for Jameis Winston again um, should he Cameron Brake see another eight touchdowns in 2017 or in any other year beyond that. Um the three big additions that they added, I guess you can include four, um, but the, the main ones, the biggest one is Deshaun Jackson um, coming over from the Redskins. Um, everybody knows what Deshaun Jackson is. Everybody knows the type of game that he plays, the speedster, the guy who's going to you know, break open for a 60-yard touchdown on any given play. Um, so with that, I will say that he will help Jameis Winston. He's got those long ball touchdowns. Um, He's going to, you know, that 60-yard touchdown, that's six uh, fantasy points right there for Jameis Winston on one play, eight if you're playing in a six-point-per-touchdown league. Um, so that in and of itself is going to help Winston. However, as strong of an arm as Winston has, um, the, an interesting fact that I actually found while researching Winston uh, was his completion percentage on passes over 20 yards. Last year, he only completed 26.7% of his passes over 20 yards, which was good for 26th in the league. 2015, he completed 34.6% of his passes, which was 23rd in the league. So I gave you that comparison there because you, you can say that he didn't really have that, that speedster, that guy, that guy who can um, break past defenses and, you know, open the stretch to field like that. Um, so he was still, you know, way below average in completion percentage on passes past 20 yards. And I believe I did hear a stat um, from another fantasy football podcast. It might have been the fantasy footballers. They said he actually, Winston, according to Pro Football Focus, I believe, has actually thrown the most amount of uncatchable passes um, last year. So while Deshaun Jackson is a good thing for Jameis Winston, the problem with them is um, going to be connecting on those kind of plays. Um, Jackson may have five, six, seven touchdowns like that, but the opportunity could be there for more, and Winston just doesn't hit him. Um, now, that could be um, the accuracy thing for a third-year quarterback. He can improve on that, of course, um, but given what he's done the last two seasons, uh, nothing suggesting that he's just suddenly going to become more accurate on uh, downfield throws past 20 yards. Uh, the other addition that he added, Chris Godwin, 
um, training camp news, he won't line up in the slot. Um, so that means that he is going to strictly be an outside receiver, um, which means that he's going to wait, have to wait for Evans to get injured or Deshaun Jackson to get injured or leave or retire. Um, so he's not seeing the field um, for the time being until something happens to the two outside receivers. Um, the more likely of the two is he won't see the field until, until Deshaun Jackson leaves. Um, and that could be, you know, another two, three years um, until we even see Chris Godwin on the field. Um, so that isn't, at least in the short term, isn't helping Jameis Winston at all. Then the other one, O.J. Howard, he's a rookie tight end. Um, stress rookie tight end. Uh, rookie tight ends don't normally, you know, produce on the level that people would expect them to. Um, he is a very complete tight end, I'll give him that. But I could see him being used a lot as a blocking tight end as well. Um, and then Brait does a lot of work out of the slot, out of the uh, as a not as an inline tight end. That's more of O.J. Howard's role. Um, but I'm not expecting um, a giant explosion out of Howard. Maybe like 300 receiving yards or something like that um, for the first maybe two, maybe even three years. Um, for O.J. Howard until he really hits onto the fantasy scene because it takes a while for tight ends to get used to the NFL. Um, sure, in three, four years, he could be, you know, that tight end that we all expect him to be, but we're waiting three, four years for him to do that. Um, are you paying the RB or the quarterback three price on Jameis Winston for the perceived idea that he has a boatload of new weapons when those weapons aren't really, you know, everything that we're expecting um, them to be at least maybe not for another three four five years um, that that's not really what I'm looking for especially when I could get quarterbacks like Marcus Mariota who's been a quarterback one Derek Carr who has Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree um, Russell Wilson who's been uh, a top five quarterback I can get any one of those three quarterbacks instead of Jameis Winston at a cheaper price as well um, so because of all of that if you're waiting three, four, five years for Winston to finally meet his QB3 price, um, that's not something I'm willing to invest in. Um, so that's why I have Jameis Winston as an overrated quarterback at his current ADP and price. Uh, moving on to running backs. Um, <laughs> my RB1 is Joe Mixon. Um, I know, I know, uh, I'm sorry. Joe Mixon, everybody's, you know, favorite rookie. He's the next Ezekiel Elliott. Um, no, sorry, I, I just don't see it. Um, the hype has gone too far for me. I think it's time to pump the brakes on the Joe Mixon train. He is not going to be the next Ezekiel Elliott um, that a lot of people might expect him to be. I'm not saying he's bad. I like him. He's my RB3 off the board. Might even be RB2 behind Fournette. Um, McCaffrey would, would be up there too, but... Um, the expectations for him has gone through the roof, not not willing to pay it at all. Um, he is currently going um, as the RB9 off the board with 21st overall. So that's the back end of the second round. Um, he's going ahead of players like Gronk, Baldwin, Sammy Watkins, Jay Ajayi, Corey Davis. For me personally, Lamar Miller. Um, players like that, and we haven't even seen him play a snap in the NFL. Um, now you can say, well, we never saw Ezekiel Elliott have a snap in the NFL last year. Yeah, but that's, that's Zeke. He's on, 
the Dallas Cowboys with the best offensive line potentially in history. Um, O-line for Cincy is is bad, and he might not even get the full workload. I just I just don't see it. Geo, in my opinion, is still the passing down back, regardless if he misses uh, one, two, three, four games to start the season. Um, he's in, he's on his contract through 2019. He's still there passing down back. Um, what if Jeremy Hill, you know, gets goal line carries or something like that? He's proven that he could punch it into the goal, into the end zone. I mean, um, even if he vultures, you know, three touchdowns, that's still 18 points um, that Joe Mixon isn't getting. And the the difference, the 18 point difference, can be the difference between RB 11 and RB 19. Um, so. Just because of that alone, I don't even know if he's going to get the full workload in Cincinnati. Um, as mentioned before, the hype is unreal. Um, using DLF Trade Finder, um, which looks for recent trades done on MFL for certain players, I searched trades for Joe Mixon. Um, <laughs> some of these are, are kind of ridiculous. Mixon for Baldwin, Mixon for Gronk, Mixon for Gurley, to name a few. Um <laughs> Mixon and Trevor Simeon for Marcus Mariota and Sammy Watkins. Um, Mixon and Josh Doxson for Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy, and Corey Coleman. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that uh, that is ridiculous. Mixon for Jay Ajayi and Stephon Diggs. Like, I, I'm sorry. I just I can't get on board with this hype at all. Hype is what will kill fantasy players' value if they don't live up to their expectations. And if year one, year two, he's not, you know, the RB1 everybody thinks he is. He's been, you know, that RB2, 18, 17, 16 RB um, in fantasy, you know, kind of like what Jeremy Hill has done. Um, people start sleeping on him, then maybe I'll buy him. You know, I can maybe buy him for a, a late first round pick, something like that. Uh, but paying the 102, 103, even sometimes the 101. Um, that's that's way too rich for me for Joe Mixon. We haven't even seen him play a snap yet. Um, sorry to the Mixon truthers out there. Um, I do believe in his talent. I think he is the most talented running back in this draft class. Um, it's just the hype train has has sped up to a point that I can't I can't get on board. Um, with that, uh, the next running back that I have overrated is Tevin Coleman, currently the 61st uh, player off the board and going as the RB20. Um, now he, he is um, relatively young I believe he's in his third year um, but he is the backup to Devontae Freeman now that could be a problem stats last year 520 yards and eight touchdowns on 118 carries on the ground uh, 421 yards and three touchdowns on 31 receptions through the air um, so solid year just missed the thousand all-purpose yard but he had 11 touchdowns um, which is, is something crazy um, he finishes the RB18 in PPR formats, um, which on the surface is, is really good. But if you look at a closer look at his last year's stats, especially from a weekly standpoint, um, it tells a little bit of a different story. And he played in 13 games, so he missed three games due to injury, um, which was a big-time story for him in 2015. He missed a lot of the season um, due to injury as well. So there's already that injury concern. Um, but... Uh, of his 13 games that he played last year, five of those games he didn't even hit 10 fantasy points. However, on the other hand, uh, three of those 13 games he, he broke 20. Um, one was even um, upwards of 30 uh, fantasy points in one week. Um, so the upside is there. The potential is there. 
if Devontae Freeman were to go down, sure, Tevin Coleman's going to get the, an enormous workload. Um, but with him where he's at right now, Freeman hasn't really shown to be an injury concern or anything like that. So Coleman is just, you know, hoping for that two-touchdown performance to really, you know, put you over the top for your fantasy uh, lineup. He's just a boom-bust player who's going to put up the duds um, potentially on – you know, half of his games, he misses three games. The other five games, he can't even hit 10 fantasy points. That's eight out of the 16 games in the season right there. Um, not even startable. Um, so I'm not paying his price as a backup on a team who doesn't even, who isn't even startable for half the year. Um, he's currently going in front of players like Amir Abdullah, Samaj P. Ryan, CJ Anderson, just behind Ty Montgomery and Carlos Hyde. Um, so if he's in the same conversation as those kind of running backs, I'm not really looking to take him um, at at that price when he's, you know, the backup and he's going around other players who are still starters on their team. The production might be kind of similar by the end of the year, but I'm taking that RB1 over the, the guy who's the RB2 on, on his own team. Um, so that's why I have Tevin Coleman as my overrated RB2. Um Moving on to wide receivers now. Two wide receivers for you. The first one, dear lord, I saw this when I looked at the June ADP. This is the first name that, you know, shot off the page. And that is T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Currently going as the 10th overall player and is the wide receiver 7. Let that sink in for a second. 10th overall, that means he's, he's going at the back end of the first round. As wide receiver seven. What? What? Why? Two, last year, you could have gotten him at the end of the third round, maybe even in the fourth round. This dude would put up two or one wide receiver one season before 2016, and he was like the wide receiver 12 in that year. Um, it took him being the league leader in receiving yards to be the wide receiver five. On a, on a year where wide receivers in general had poor fantasy production as a whole, especially at the top end of the, the board. Um, the league leader was 1,400 yards last year, two years ago. You know, the last two years, we've seen two players with 1,800 yards, and they still scored nine touchdowns. Um, so it took him being 1,400 yards um, and – you know, five, six, what do you have, six touchdowns last year, something like that, um, to be the wide receiver five on the year. His second overall wide receiver one performance. And now he, his price is 10th overall. No, no thank you. Not not at all. Um, recency bias is the thing. Um, so if... <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you have T.Y. Hilton and somebody really wants him that badly and they're willing to pay the 10th overall price, I'm gladly paying it for him. Not to mention he's also 27 years old, um, which I, is, is not old at all, but it's not like he's you know 23 years old. He just put up a 1,400-yard season and everybody's you know goo-goo-gaga over him. No, he's, he's 27 and he just put up a 1,400-yard season after the last three seasons where he puts up 1,100 yards. That's Jarvis Landry territory. You can get Jarvis Landry in the fourth round. Um, the difference between 
what he was able to do last year and the year before that was Dante Moncrief. Now Dante Moncrief is going to be back and healthy for 2017 potentially. Um, you might even have more of a breakout that those Dante Moncrief truthers are out there too. Um, if he breaks out, that's even more cutting into T.Y. Hilton, not to mention that Jack Doyle is supposed to take a step up. Eric Swoop, they got to Kamar Aiken, so that there's no way T.Y. Hilton is seeing red zone targets with Dante Moncrief, Jack Doyle, and Kamar Aiken, and Eric Swoop. Um, not to mention Marlon Mack is a serviceable back out of the, out of the backfield um, catching the ball. Frank Gore can still catch the ball somewhat too. Um, so I just, I just don't see where the allure is with T.Y. Hilton when he's Jarvis Landry and then one year, you know, he turns into like A.J. Green or somebody like that. And then all of a sudden now he's the 10th overall wide, 10th overall player wide receiver seven. I no way am I touching him at that price. Selling all day. Uh, sorry, that was my T.Y. Hilton rant. <laughs> um, moving on before I talk any more about T.Y. Hilton. Um, my wide receiver two. Uh, overrated player wide receiver two is Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's currently going 22nd overall as the wide receiver 12 off the board. Um, 2016 stats for you guys. He had seven, 78 receptions on 117 targets for 1173 yards, 1173 yards, and eight touchdowns. Um, similar to T.Y. Hilton, he's just another glorified speedster. And in fact, for those of you who believe that his situation is actually better in New England than New Orleans, you're completely wrong. Um, there's more targets for comp there's more competition for targets in New England. Brady is not the quarterback that he used to be, and he is no Drew Brees. If you're taking if you if you want a quarterback who's going to put you know put up fantasy numbers and be able to sustain two, three, four wide receivers at a time, I'm taking Drew Brees over Tom Brady. Um, he's just the better fantasy quarterback. He throws it more. He throws it more accurately. Um, so he's just the better fantasy quarterback, and he's better um, for your wide receivers um, than Tom Brady. Um, looking at Brady's career, he's only ever had seven wide receiver ones in his whole entire career. And actually, in two years, he had two wide receiver ones. That was in 07 and 09. Um, so... Really, he's only had five wide receiver ones, or five years with a wide receiver one. Um, and the last one was in 2012. That was Wes Welker. Um, was the last time he had a wide receiver one. Um, Edelman's gotten close. He's been a steady wide receiver too. Um, but with Brandon Cooks coming in, uh, there's just way too many mouths to feed. And I don't believe he's going to be taking on the Randy Moss role. Um, Gronk is still the number one target there. Edelman is still Brady's boy. Um you know James White and Gillisley and Burkhead and Deion Lewis are going to see targets themselves. They still have Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, Markham Mitchell. There's just way too many mouths to feed, and Brady isn't the type of quarterback to be able to sustain fantasy relevance for all of those. So one of those guys has got to see a decrease in production. And given the fact that Brady has never had a wide receiver one in his, in, since 2012, but Brandon Cooks is being priced as the wide receiver 12, which is the back-end wide receiver one, that that doesn't make sense to me. And so because of that, Brandon Cooks is overrated in my opinion. Um, now, of course, this is Dynasty, so you know you could wait out Julian Edelman's contract that he just signed the new two-year contract. Um, so you could wait that out and see what happens. But again, Brady might be gone by then. He, Father Time might have taken over his arm. 
uh, somebody else could be, you know, taking up the mantle, whether it's Garoppolo um, or anybody else. Uh, but I'm, I just don't know if Cooks will ever be a wide receiver one again in his career. Uh, of course, he has the potential to be. He can take a 90-yard pass for a touchdown on any given play. Um, he's talented like that. But I don't know if he's just going to see the volume necessary for him to be a wide receiver one when he's already a boom-bust candidate on a weekly basis. Um, so because of that, his price is... Ooh, not the microphone. Ever. His price is way too high, in my opinion. Um, so... Last one for you guys. We got a tight end for you, um, and that one similar to why um, who was it? Uh, T.Y. Hilton is overvalued, um, not in the sense that you know he had an amazing year, but it's in the sense that he has he had an amazing year um, and was uh, a wide receiver one, on, but it was on a year that there was you know relatively bad production as a whole for the wide receiver position. Um, and so my tight end, my overrated tight end is Travis Kelsey. Um, I don't think that Kelsey's terrible. Um, I, I actually, he is my tight end one um, in my dynasty rankings ahead of Gronk. Um, and in ADP wise, he's the 30th player off the board. So he's going in the third round, uh, middle of the third round, and he's the tight end two off the board. Um, so last year he had 85 receptions for... Uh, on 117 targets for 1,125 yards and four touchdowns. Um, so it, it's really good. He had, you know, 1,100 yards, 85 receptions. That's, you know, wide receiver range. Um, and it was good for the tight end one overall in 2016. Um, however, if you look at the, the production that he put up, because he's not, he's not a touchdown scorer, um, he kind of disappears in the red zone, um, which might change with Jeremy Macklin gone. Um, so if that does change and he puts up the same production that he is on top of the expected semi-increase in targets that he's supposed to be getting now that Macklin is gone, he very well could definitely, you know, be the, the tight end one overall again. Um, but I'm not, I'm not betting all my chips on it. He, it took a year for him to lead all tight ends in yards, um, on a overall, a down year for tight end production. Um, if you look um, in 2015, he would have been the uh, tight end six overall. In 2014, he would have been the tight end four overall um, with his 221 fantasy points that he put up this year. But it was enough this year for tight end one. Um, on a year where Gronk was out, Jordan Reed was out, um, and Tyler Eifert was out. Um, so, you know, those big name guys, they easily could step over Travis Kelsey with their with their touchdown production um, so more than anything uh, instead of paying the middle third round price on Travis Kelsey I would be advocating more on waiting on tight ends um, I believe you can get similar production uh, from the tight ends uh, if you if you wait on them um, if you look at last year's numbers uh, the tight end four which was Jimmy Graham uh, he finished 30 points less than Travis Kelsey, so 190 points to Kelsey's 220. Um, however, the tight end 4, 5, and 6 all finished within 6 fantasy points of each other. The tight end 7, 8, 9, and 10 all finished within 3 points of each other. And they were 18 points off of Jimmy Graham as the tight end 4, the tight end 7 was. Um, 
So that right there just shows you, you know, there's a three-point difference between tight end 7 and tight end 10, and a six-point difference between tight end 4 and tight end 6. That's um, super small when you're talking about on a per-game basis. Um, you know, that's less than a point difference per game. But you can get them, you know, four rounds later. Um, you can grab, right now, Jimmy Graham is in, going in the seventh round. Kyle Rudolph's going in the ninth round. Eric Ebron's down there, too. Um, you know, you got Zach Ertz, the December wonder. Um, Greg Olson, he, I know he's old, but he's putting up numbers still. Um, all these guys you can get, they're going to have similar production to Travis Kelsey. Um, but you can wait three, four, five rounds on them. Um, and you can easily make up that 30 points between those other four rounds. You know, instead of taking Travis Kelsey, um, you could take other, you know, wide receivers around him, you know, like Doug Baldwin or, or Sammy Watkins or Jarvis Landry or any of those other wide receivers going around Travis Kelsey and then make up for that tight end production um, later, you know, in round seven, eight, or nine. And, and you still be well off because you have the depth and you can still have your your tight end um and the weekly points per game is negligible um so that's that is why travis kelsey for me is overrated only because of the amount of late round production from the tight ends that you can get um you don't have to pay a mid third round price in a startup when you can get similar production uh four rounds later um not to mention that Kelsey, it took Kelsey, um, it took a, a bad year for touchdown or tight end production uh, for Travis Kelsey to be the overall tight end one. Um, so, with that, uh, I'll run down the the overrated players again. Quarterback Jameis Winston, RB one Joe Mixon, RB two Tevin Coleman, wide receiver one T Y Hilton, wide receiver two Brandon Cooks, and my tight end Travis Kelsey. Um, so. Uh, that's that's the end of the uh, the pod, the episode. Uh, I know it was a little bit shorter, but I tried to expand it out and stuff like that. Uh, actually, it wasn't as short as I thought it was. I just talk way too much. Um, but anyway, you can find me on Twitter at amazehaze underscore dff. You can um, find the podcast on Twitter at fantasy minute. Um, be sure to check out Dynasty Football Factory. Check out the uh, DFF Network, the Fancy Fellas, the Warzone guys, Dynasty Warzone. You can check out the IDP Crushers, the Edge Crushers. Um, we've got some new podcasts and other things in development. Um, wink, wink. We'll keep that one for a secret for now. But you guys, we got some big things coming up for you guys that I think you guys will really enjoy. Don't forget to uh, hit up that Debbie Watch for all you Debbie players out there. Uh, it's completely free. It's on Dynasty Football Factory. Um, we're also pumping out new content, you know, every single day. Um, so be sure to check out everything that's going on at Dynasty Football Factory. Um, and if you like the pod, please uh, leave a review, rate the podcast, subscribe, um, all those things on iTunes. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you listening to the episodes every single week. Um, and it's just an outlet for me to, you know, voice my opinion out there, regardless if you guys think that you know, Joe Mixon is the next Ezekiel Elliott or anything like that. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, and I hope you guys have a great week and see you again next week. Uh, see you.